here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or their websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Thank you, Med Painter. That's Thomas Becker, my general manager for ACO Club. We're, we're bringing you Alienology Club online today with my co-host, Janet Carolesson, Tommy Hawks, Blood Both of Hawaii. But we're working together with a journalist, and uh, his name is Dave Emmons today out of Illinois. And we're going to get a little information on him today and possibly Bruce Cornett and uh well, Janet is not here yet, and Tommy's not here, but Dave Emmons is, so let's get him online and find out what we can about Dave and his background and working with us in journalism. Dave Emmons, can you hear me? Yes, I can, uh, uh, Teresa. I'm here. And, uh, yeah, I've, been, uh, I've uh, met Bruce, your other guest that's going to be on. I, I met him uh, on, on Facebook. And we talked, and we had, you know, had some lengthy conversations about hybrids, uh, that type of thing. But I know he's got other expertise that he'll probably be uh, talking about today. Uh, yeah, I, my my job is to my is to fulfill my my research on myself because there have been so many events happen, uh, five up close uh, encounters with UFOs, and and more than three abductions. I know of three for sure. <laughs> And probably more, uh, but I'm re- researching that uh, because that's part of my background. I, I went to journalism uh, school, and uh, I went to three different schools in, in that. And so I, 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 I got kind of working in radio uh, when I was younger, but there wasn't enough money in it in radio unless you're uh, you produce yourself as a big star and you get a lot of commercials, and uh, that's where your money comes from. But I decided to go into into business management, and I managed a couple of businesses, small business. Then I managed my own business uh, as a restaurant and a nightclub. Didn't turn out so well, so I went to be a supervisor in a refinery, uh, an oil and gas refinery here in Illinois. And I was there for about 12 years, and I worked with the Red Cross, uh, and then I retired. And so I'm retired at this time. I've been retired since 62, so I've I've done a little bit of traveling and went out west a lot of times, uh, just for the, just for the reason of doing research and also I'm a, I like to take pictures. Uh, I'm a, I, I like uh, photography, so that fits in with my journalism. So when I went out to, uh, out to the west, out to Utah, Nevada, and Arizona, and New Mexico, I was, I was looking for, for different energies in certain places where people go and where they've had a lot of UFO sightings. Well, I found the place that really, I guess, has one of my biggest stories, uh, running into a hybrid and spending time with the, with her. That was in Sedona, Arizona, where uh, other things have happened there. I, I must have a third eye because I can see through other dimensions. And other things have happened to me there in Arizona. And uh, it's it's kind of a long story getting in each one. I have to segment what I'm, what I'm doing. And if your other guests are, are on, then we'll have to kind of parallel our stories and maybe compare notes. And I think that's part of alienology is to compare what what all of us experiencers have done so we can actually nail down 
what's the agenda of these aliens and what are they doing to us? Uh, a lot of people will tell you, well, they've, they've been awake during the process and they stick needles in them and, and that sort of thing. Uh, I've seen uh, I've semen taken from me on a couple of different occasions. Uh, I'm, I've had some implants, so I know they've done some blood work and DNA, and so that's how they follow you. But but the thing about what you're calling a Teresa alienologist is is trying to term, determine what the aliens' agenda is. What are they doing to us? Can we compare notes with other experiencers? And we don't need to be in a competition, in which I'm finding, and I guess you found in years past, that I I see this in everywhere I go. It's like uh, certain, I guess, organizations will shun certain people with their experiences because they're not gory enough or they don't present enough drama. So, But I wouldn't bypass any experiencer who's really truly wanting to uh, tell their story. And even the people that, that that are afraid to tell their stories, we need to get those people out to talk so we can put it all together and, and put together a, a journal or whatever of what, of what these aliens are all about. I'm sure there's other scientists out there that are that are in certain fields that are are way ahead of some of the things that uh, you know, uh, ufologists are doing. Uh, ufologists are under the ac- academic, uh, I guess, umbrella. If we can get academia on our side, and we've had a few of them jump on our side, and I think archaeology and uh, paleontology, these people are also coming in with questions, and and which is is coming up with things they say history is not like like we think it is, so it's completely different. And I think uh, aliens have been responsible for all those changes in, in mankind and even our genetics. Uh, and we, we come up from, I, I don't want to say what we come up from. A lot of people say, well, a caveman or Neanderthal, that type of thing. We might have or we may not have. So that's that's part of, uh, I guess, my alienology uh I guess studies uh, for for your sake to try to find, and for the you know for the organization's sake to find what what the aliens are up to, what do they look like, you know that type of thing. All right. Well, everybody's showing up now except Bruce. So let's go down the line here. Let me let Ahmed say hi, and then I'll get Janet and Tommy on here. Ahmed Painter, would you like to introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are for our, our listening audience? Uh, I'm a mad painter. I, my name's Thomas R. Becker, and uh, I've got a poor connection, so I'm slipping in and out. I don't know if you're able to hear me or not. Uh, I'm a radio yeah. host, and uh, I'm really interested in UFOs and stuff. And uh, I uh, didn't hear Tommy and uh, Janet come on, so I figured I'd call and help out. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, they were both a little late today, but I don't see Bruce Cornett. Uh, you want to see if you can grab him on Skype, and I'll let Janet and Tommy introduce themselves. Uh, let's see who was next. Tommy was actually called in before Janet by a minute. Well, you beat Janet by a minute, but I asked Janet to come on because you weren't here. So, But that's okay because we're going to do Alienology Club. So go ahead, Tommy. Give us your greeting episode, and I'll let Janet do hers. After seven years, you should have it down, huh? <laughs> Except I'd like to hear you. Hello. Uh, sorry, I just there had Bruce go. on the line. His oh, clock's okay. an hour different. Than, his clock's an hour different than ours. 
Oh, in He's El Paso. On He's really? on Mountain Time, so I'll apologize. Yeah. Okay, well we're 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 uh, accommodating uh, Dave Emmons in Illinois on Thursday, and then Janet's got a show after this one uh, a couple hours, but we'll let her introduce her show after this one. But Tommy's in Hawaii. He's been with me seven years, same as Janet. We're uh, got seven years in one week. Today's June thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Tommy, give us your introduction from Hawaii, please. Greetings, everyone. Tommy Hawksblood here. Uh, I've been doing this with TJ for seven years now, and we have multiple topics we'd like to get into, talk about. We all have our separate viewpoints and ideas and truth. So uh, my mission is to bring the truth out, what I know and feel is the truth, uh, based on my actual experiences. I never talk about book stories and people, other stories people wrote that I don't know personally and actually could deal with and, and, and kind of like make real within myself. So I'm as real as I can get. I call myself a realist because I walk in my truth, nobody else's. I don't listen to many people because it's all their thoughts, ideas, and programmed ideas. And I feel most people are programmed from the day they're born. First it starts with their parents, then it starts with religionists around them, their friends and family. And then the government. So they all help to program a person to believe what they believe in. I don't know how many people experience what they really need to, but that's what life's all about. Thank you, TJ. Back to you. Thank you, Tommy. And we will do the uh, – this is going to be Alienology Club Online, a new show on Thursdays. And Janet Carroll Lesson, and we will pass the baton uh, because this is going to be a panel to see what we can do together with Dave Emmons learning to co-host. So – here comes Bruce, but Janet's next. Janet Carolesson in Maui, how are you today? Hi, caught me eating lunch. <laughs> but, um, I'll, I'll mute. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I've been a co-host with uh, Teresa J. Morris since um, 20, what was it, tw- uh, 2012, but we met in 1993 or 94 in Oahu at your spiritual center which was a group um, which was about spirituality and consciousness and ascension and everything that we're still talking about 20, <laughs> what, 23 years later, 24 years well, later. Just, so, yeah. Yeah. So I have my and own author. radio show and I'm an author. I've written about either written or co-written about 10 books and I'm working on uh, two more my, my, on my own and another one with my husband and if TJ ever, it's off her butt. We'll get that one done. <laughs> I'm working on it. I promise. And, been, and I even got a bad health. <laughs> yeah, I've been We're doing it. I've We're getting, getting that cattle prod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what would I do anyway, without Janet? <laughs> I, I'm a pusher. I push myself just as hard as I push other people. Because if I don't push myself, I've got this lazy part that'll just take over and do nothing all day. Because especially in Maui, I could just sit on the beach all day. But now I've got yeah. to push myself to do things and um, it's because we're really at the critical mass time of consciousness and, and I wanted to just say um, my conclusion is that we're all making this up and it's all individual realities and no such thing as thought truth and it's just uh, you know consensus for the moment so we can have a solid planet to walk on but this is uh, some kind of virtual reality and the ETs keep uh, taking me off planet and um, you know, I'm having a wonderful time in my waking world and my sleeping world. It's just the most amazing times right now because I think they're excited. We're, we're like on the home, 
stretch. We're, we're leading up to ga- graduation. We're going to give birth to the new humanity, and it's not going to be some mind-controlled AI because I don't, I don't believe in that. I, my conclusion is it's not just beliefs. I do research, and I interview thousands of people, and um, then I put it into my supercomputer, and it crunches, and it comes out with uh, downloads and other any people don't agree with me, but anyway, I'm on the fast track, <laughs> and uh, TJ is too, and I don't know if anybody can keep up, but we just, we keep talking about it, that's what they told me to do, I said, what do you do, what do we do, they said, just keep talking about it, because we're reaching the masses, and, and we're planting seeds, and they're waking up, and they're getting conscious, and, and it's just going to be a point of uh, critical mass, and like, it'll be a mass DMT activation from the galactic core, and everybody will wake up at the same time and go, wow, you know, this was all something we made up, and oh, you played the villain this time, and next time I'll play the villain, and it's just like, you know, going into a play. It's a big play, and we all play our parts. But at the end, we forgive each other and love each other because it was what we needed in order to have experiences and diversify creation. So I'll shut up now and pass it back to you. Thank I'm gonna go you. Mute so I can finish my soup. Okay. You bet. Okay. Okay. We'll come back around to you because we're going to do a panel okay. discussion because we're training a new me. journalist. Okay. Go ahead uh, Bruce. And mute, me. mute me, TJ, so um, okay. I don't click okay. the okay. noise. Okay. I, you're muted, Janet. Bruce Cornett. Now, you're in El Paso, and apparently you're on Mountain and not Central, so we apologize. We're accommodating our new uh, journalist, Dave Emmons, in Illinois. But how are you, Bruce? You're the newest kid on the block, with me anyway, with our radio show. How are you tonight, today? Yeah, well, I, I'm an old-timer here when it comes to all of this. Uh, I've gone okay. through cycles in the past, and uh, now I'm coming back for, uh, you know, uh, what is it called when you come out of retirement? <laughs> yeah. Coming out of retirement. <laughs> Retooling. You're retraining yourself right. with the same same old thoughts, maybe in alienology, but back then we didn't call it that. We called it strictly ufology, but that got to be so nuts and bolts. But I do claim Alienology Club as a part of our UFO association because I only want to pay for one table at the International UFO Congress and then have our members, you know, I'll try to have our, our members' books stacked uh, for our authors, and I understand you're an author, so if you don't mind, we're going to train you to, Bruce, to introduce yourself, because Janet and I have gotten where we just let people, once we've interviewed them on their life history, we've got a little bit on you and between Janet and I, or at least I do, can you go ahead and introduce yourself with, like, I'm a paleontologist, yada, yada, journalist, author, mention your book, something like that for us? Sure. Um, yes, I grew up interested in science, and uh, I went to, um, uh, did 13, 12 to 13 years of college um, with three degrees in biology, um, let's see, paleobotany, and uh, geology and palynology. And um, that, I, I graduated from Penn State uh, with a PhD in 1977 and started working at um, uh, for the oil industry at uh, Gulf Research and Development as a palynologist. And what I would do is I would look through a microscope all day and look at slides of, of fossil pollen that was extracted from rocks that were brought up from drill bits and uh, tell the uh, geologists what age they were, rocks they were drilling through. And, um, but in the middle of all of this, because of my doctorate thesis on the East Coast, the Newark Supergroup Basin, um, I discovered um, that um, one of the basins that I had worked in 
uh, had all of the earmarks for uh, oil generation, oil migration, and oil entrapment. And uh, so I started my own oil company in 1981, and we drilled a couple wells, and then other companies came in and drilled more wells. And finally, Exxon and Texaco came in, and they drilled a bunch of wells in an adjacent basin. So it was a big oil play on the East Coast. Um, and I was involved in all of that until the um, everything just collapsed around the oil industry. And uh, I, I got a job working with um, uh, Dr. Paul Olson at Columbia University and Lamont Dory Earth Observatory and ended up uh, being his well site geologist for a uh, seven-well, 28,000-foot uh, um, coring project in the uh, Newark Basin. And we extracted all these cores and were able to do uh, 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 analysis of the lake cycles, and uh, which follow the, uh, uh, the precession of the equinox in all of the ancient climate cycles. Well, as I was working with all of this at, at Lamont Doherty, um, I saw a miniseries on television called Intruders, and I was fascinated by it because I'd never seen any, any uh, TV uh, shows before on, on alien abductions. And um, uh, this, this really surprised me, because in academia, we rarely ever talked about that. You know, they call it the invisible college. Well, uh, it was invisible to me when I was working there. And um, so I went to the bookstore looking for books on... Um, on, on the, the intruder and uh, the manager of the bookstore got me the book and he said you might want to read this other book silent invasion by dr ellen crystal i read it and i was shocked to find out that i was living in right next to a ufo hotspot uh, <clears throat> at the time and i contacted her and she invited me to go out into the field with sky watching with her and on the first night i was out there dj i was blown away I had never seen anything so amazing as ships coming in uh, to their underground base and diving into the ground, going right straight through trees, and are coming back up out of the ground and taking off one after another after another after another. And I said, why doesn't anybody know about this? Um, this is you know, outrageous. And Ellen Crystal had said that um, in her book that she felt there was an underground base. And I said, well, I'm working at Lamont Doherty. So I borrowed their uh, proton magnetometer, and I started a 24-square-mile, three-year uh, magnetic survey uh, of that area near Pine Bush. And, boy, did I find magnetic anomalies galore, lots of them. And, uh, but unfortunately for me, uh, my um, associates at uh, Columbia University di didn't appreciate my interests. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, my um, longtime friend since high school – and boss, he, he just basically told me that I was crazy, that there are no such things as UFOs, and he doesn't believe in the paranormal. And I said, well, I, and then, uh, okay, I, I can't work with you anymore. So I quit uh, Lamont Doherty, and at the time I had been introduced to my third wife after my uh, late wife had died, and uh, she um, said, well, um, I'm a, um, a habitual workaholic. I, I love my work in, in the computer industry, and uh, I have hired a babysitter to raise my kids. Um, I tell you what, um, we'll get together if you were willing to raise my kids for me. So I said, fine, and she, would, she gave me a stipend, 
and um, uh, you know, allowance for, for doing my field work. And um, I raised her three kids and w- went out on, on uh, field trips to uh, Pine Bush with Ellen Crystal uh, and started capturing uh, lots of uh, uh, these craft um, on uh, time exposures and video. Um, and right now I'm writing a book almost c- completed. I'm in the final stages of editing. That should be uh, out by the end of this year, and it's called Unconventional Aerial Phenomena in the Hudson and Wallkill River uh, Valley, New York. <clears throat> and it's about my 11-year study uh, where I document 141 close encounters with pictures of these craft moving at night. Of course, at night when all you see is the lights, you can't see the actual shapes of the craft except in a few cases, and it's quite obvious that uh, they are both triangular and diamond-shaped, and some are elongate, cigar-shaped in size. But the thing that's most amazing, TJ, is that um, I found uh, these craft uh, were living. The, the, whoever was flying them, the pilots, they, they existed there. They lived there. And there were, I found evidence that they had been there for thousands of years. Uh, in other words, there, there's a good, indi- uh, good evidence that they have been here on Earth Longer than humans have, so and, and we keep on calling them extraterrestrial. Well, the ones I was uh, uh, associated or con- in contact with weren't extraterrestrial. They were interdimensional, maybe, uh, but they were Earth entities living on Earth underground and underground bases. And uh, that is one of the things that my book it tries to get across. Great. Well, thank you for all of that. Now, we're going to uh, be doing a panel. Now, sometimes folks in the last seven years have learned some of us will do interviews from time to time, but uh, Blog Talk likes us to have a host and a co-host, which you'll find out on most radio shows. That is the uh, typical model. And uh, yet sometimes we need another human to tell us what's going on, which we've certainly found out in the last week because uh, I'm calling in direct into the studio and we have several ways to do that, including Skype and a mad painter helps us with our Skype call-ins. But today we're trying this with me going direct. So you don't back reality and uh, I'm going to go back up to the list the way we started years ago so we can each uh, talk a moment about whatever comes up but we like to have today is alienology so we're going to try to stick under that topic but I want to go back to the beginning with Dave Emmons because he is a journalist he's an alienologist and we're asking him to assist us as a business uh, person Dave in uh, getting this organized because we find some people like what we're doing and others do not. So we have got to learn how to deal with all that in 2019. So Dave Emmons, you were talking about uh, the Alienology Club. My club is ACO Club, folks, but I put all different groups I have because they're free social media groups together. So Dave found me on uh, Facebook, wasn't it, Dave? in one of the groups yes yes i did i I actually met you and i met bruce and uh, bruce and i had some talks and uh, i was very impressed with his with his academic skills plus his also experiencer skills and we were talking about hybrids and 
and uh, the spacecraft and things of that nature. So Bruce and I uh, know each other a little bit. Hi, Bruce. Hi, Dave. Uh, glad you're on here with me. Yes. Uh, you, you, you've uh, expressed a lot of interesting things have happened. Uh, you are obviously an experiencer and uh, can share a lot of important uh, facts from your experiences with us. Well, thank you, Bruce. One of the questions I want to ask, Bruce, you said that these aliens have been here uh, forever, I mean, before we were, and I believe that too. And I guess that's why we become good buddies in this, because our, our ideas are similar. And I've had direct experiences. I've seen the craft close up. I've actually There's no nuts and bolts in these crafts. They're all smooth. Some of them look like they have glass bottoms. I was riding underneath of them. So, but one of the questions I want to ask you, Bruce, uh, uh, playing, I guess, the, uh, the co-host here a little bit, uh, and I, I have a question for Janet when she gets done with her soup. <laughs> we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go right down so, the line. She'll hurry yeah, now, though. She'll eat yeah, faster. Okay. But, <laughs> well, go ahead uh, and, and talk to yeah. Bruce for a moment. We'll yeah. watch the clock. Uh, Bruce, right. I should Dang. say Dr. Five Bruce. Can give you, okay. Uh, I should say Dr. Bruce. Uh, but Bruce, yes. on, with the, these aliens, what do they look like? I know I ran into one that was of Asian persuasion, but are they are they a conglomeration of all of us races here on Earth? Are, are now they... That's an interesting. That's a very important question. Uh, what do they look like? Now, right. one of the things I, I in my uh, personal abduction experiences, um, uh, I have uh, met at least four different types. Okay. And these are not related to anything around Pine Bush or my experiences in the Walco River Valley. In fact, those um, entities, whoever they are, <clears throat> they, um, they have kept their identity or um, appearance from everyone that I know of. Uh, and, and they want to remain uh, an anonymous and secret even though they will fly around and put on shows for uh, the sky watchers out along the farm roads. Um, but the other types I've met, um, uh, they are humanoid. They're the typical grays, tall grays, short grays. I've, I've been abducted by them. And then there are the wrinkled brown aliens, which are, um, have these uh, almost Neanderthal-type wrinkles across the uh, their forehead and uh, ridges on their nose and circular eyelids, and um, they're small. They're all, you know, in the three to four foot uh, tall range. And um, those wrinkled browed aliens uh, are the ones who I have encountered in Virginia. And whenever I went down to do my geological work in Virginia, I uh, I would end up running into them, and my. Uh, Third wife, uh, Pat, uh, her uh, mother and lived in Massanutten Village uh, in the uh, Blue Mountains of Virginia. And uh, we spent a number of uh, uh, trips there with her on the holidays. And on uh, Thanksgiving in 1993, <clears throat> Pat and I wanted to go up to the top of Sky uh, Look, overlook the, uh, the valley and the Massanutten Ski Resort there. It's a huge ski resort. And um, we uh, uh, parked up there, and lo and behold, to make a long story short, uh, I had my camera out, and I was waiting to see something. Well, a big ship came up, hovered over us, sent a scout ship down, uh, abducted my wife right out of the van, 
and uh, paralyzed me and operated on me while I was sitting in the driver's seat and then brought my wife back. And uh, we lost about a half an hour of time, found physical injuries on our body. And um, I have on uh, a website that shows a drawing of what we witnessed. Very interesting. <laughs> that, uh, and it was the same wrinkled browed aliens. The next year I came back uh, to, uh, we came back to uh, uh, Pat's mother's um, house in Mountainous Village, and uh, lo and behold, I was abducted again, right out of the bedroom. So, um, but in other areas, in like in Wallkill River in New York, um, as I said, nobody that I know of who has uh, watched all of these uh, craft do their put on their performances at night have ever claimed to have met the occupants which is fascinating. Um, I can only speculate as to what they might be and why. Um, I have a friend who, um, um, who's a movie actor, uh, Billy McNamara. He's, he's uh, now well-known in his parts in, in Hollywood where he lives. Uh, he used to live out at Saul Point, east of Newburgh, um, no, no, uh, uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, and he invited me out to his house, and we went out into the farm fields uh, the horse farms there, and we were we had uh, the manta ray put on a huge show for us, and that um, that sighting is documented on my website, and also um, Preston Dent uh, and and UFOs over New York in his book uh, makes a uh, a report of that uh, sighting, but Billy took me all over the, the area and showed me where since he lived there he had seen things come out of the ground. He had seen hatches open in farm fields and somebody, a human, getting out and then closing the hatch. So we, he, he said, there is an underground base right under us here. And those uh, craft are coming out of that underground base. And he thought that they were operated by the military. He said, uh, because, uh, but there are these strange uh, human-like uh, beings that he's run into there in, in, the, in his town and he doesn't know where they come from, but uh, that may be what uh, the, these these you know aliens look like, who are living in that area. Uh, they are very human-like. Yeah, I, I can compare notes with that. Uh, I guess Teresa, can I can I expand on that a little bit? Yeah, uh, just as long as you realize that you're, you you said you were co-hosting tonight, so just be aware okay. of everybody else's time because Tommy and okay. Janet and the Mad okay. will all, let them all question as well, and then we'll go right. to the next person. In other words, if you want to question Bruce or yeah. add your – however you want to do it, but just get in yeah, a rhythm be, for everybody. Yeah. yeah, I'll be real quick. Uh, on, the, on the aliens, uh, they actually can be uh, invisible. Uh, this has been even said by uh, one of your acad academia uh, buddies in Oxford, who actually said aliens can be invisible and move around at will. I believe that because they they come up to my bedside, and I felt them against my, my side, and they actually grabbed my, my foot, and I didn't see anybody doing it. And I had a buddy who we went to a convention together, and he stayed at my place to rest up before he finished his trip up to northern Illinois. And he said something rubbed his feet twice. He looked at it, and he said it was nothing there. And he said it wasn't a ghost because he'd been in ghost studies. He said nothing ghostly uh, that ever happens to. You know, so I, they, they could be invisible. 
uh, they can cloak their their, uh, their uh, crafts, so why can't they cloak themselves? Just just wanted to add that. I guess uh, Tommy, I guess uh, is next. Yeah, whether whether we're adding our, uh, we need to decide on the Q and A. So, yeah. with you and uh, Bruce both being new, Tommy and I and Janet are accustomed to running the radio shows. But Tommy, uh, do you have questions for Bruce or for Dave? Uh, since we're building oh, an archive. Well, you're, you're breaking up a little. Uh, yeah, Bruce and me go way back. We've been friends for about 26 years. Uh, and Bruce used to come out with Star Gel 18 and I up at the Barnacle Vortex once in a while. Uh, Bruce, I know you've been traveling and everything, but what do you feel is like the most critical, important thing right now that we can do as a human race about this whole situation? About the uh, the uh, aliens, you mean, or about the yes. climate? Okay, no, about, about the aliens. aliens not, yeah, about right. the aliens. Um, we can't do anything. Uh, and they're the ones who are uh, calling the shots. And we're, uh, the government has been reluctant to release very much information, although they have recently released a lot more than they have in the past. And they appeared, the government appears to be trying to educate the public, public and prepare the public for an even greater disclosure. But I don't think it's going to be a disclosure by the people in the government. I think they're going to be tight-lipped. I think it's going to be the aliens who um, make showings, and they, just like they did for the um, those Navy jets, and and buzzing them, hundreds of these Tic Tacs. They're going to be doing that over and over and over again over our cities until people cannot deny their existence, and then uh, the people will call upon the government to do something, but the government can't do anything, as they said on that. Uh, those shows unidentified uh, with Elizondo and um, uh, DeLong, uh, you know, if, if they, their technology is so far in advance of ours that uh, they could uh, wipe us out or take us, take over our countries and, and at any time they wanted. And I think this is true that uh, we're at their mercy. And that's all. I think the public needs to be uh, aware of this. And if, if the public wants some answers, the, uh, the investigative uh, authorities uh, in the government are going to need to be funded to a great extent, much more than they have been, um, in order to try to find out what's going on and try to match uh, their technology. Uh, we're getting very close to that from uh, my conversations with different uh, physicists and in uh, theoretical physicists and aerospace physicists are very close to understanding what is going on, how they're able to operate the way they uh, are, do, and in um, apparent defiance of our, uh, our natural Newtonian phys- laws of physics. Uh, so uh, we're only going to be able to do that if uh, there is a concerted effort by scientists, and scientists are the key, um, to this, to be allowed to study these phenomena in our universities, okay? And stop all of this nonsense about ridicule and uh, telling, um, you know, scientists that they can't work on uh, these projects or get funding for these projects. Well, that has I to just, be a major change. 
I want to just add something to that that I know are facts which aren't out publicly anywhere. My brother was a scientist in the Army. We have technology right now, which we had in Vietnam, that could take out a whole army in, in like five seconds, and they don't use it. Uh, it's called chemical weapons. The U.S. government has secret weapons, and I know we actually had two wars in space with alien races, and we had three wars on planet Earth with alien races. The United States knows how to take down reptilians, and they know how to take down the greys. So I don't look at them as a trouble to the planet uh, as far as trying to attack us and take it over. Uh, but in the interim, uh, we need to know what we can do as people because I'm protected. I can't be abducted. Don't ask me why, but I know it for a fact. But uh, the people that I work with that have been, and when I work with them, there's, I'm talking about abductions and people. And I'll tell you this. Aliens cannot abduct spiritual people. It's impossible because if, they, if their, their higher energy, their, their light is much brighter than them, it would burn them away. They can't get near those kind of people. So I, my suggestion, and the only thing that I feel, is people need to become much more aware and start working on their spiritual truth rather than their mind. I mean, creating a base, creating cities and all that is not going to help either way. It's not going to help the aliens, and it's not going to help us. But the government doesn't care about people above ground. That's why they built underground cities. So, I mean, I know a few people that, that, that are going underground, that have a house built down under there and everything. But you have to realize, why is the government so secret? Because they can't expose that truth. But as people, the truth's there. You can find out underground cities, where they are and what they're doing. Uh, but see, nobody wants to dig into what they call conspiracy theories. And a lot of the conspiracy theories are just talking about ships in space. I mean, I knew that when I was six years old. So, I mean, yeah, some people are just getting ready to learn that. So I think it's time for people to get more aware, find the facts, and start putting them together to see what, as an active race, we can do uh, with that. Uh, back to you, TJ. Okay, thank you. Now let me get uh, – let me uh, – Janet, get ready. I'm going to let Ahmad because he's always sort of short on Q&A. Ahmad, uh, would you like to ask Dr. Cornett or add anything to that before I turn Miss Janet on here? <laughs> Ahmad? Uh, well, uh, kind of one for each one of them. Uh, sure. Uh, one, I guess, would be uh, Bruce is the alienologist. Bruce? Well, the, well, I would say I'm just a scientist that is studying the phenomenon. I don't like the term ufologist or alienologist in the sense that, um, you know, I am I am a scientist and I try to deal with these um, right. uh, situations uh, as a scientist. Well, no. Uh, what, what, do you find that more of them are? Uh, more people that re- report these uh, aliens, are they uh, friendly or are they more anti-human? <laughs> well, I'm not it, sure it how varies, to phrase it. I mean, there are people who have had horrific experiences um, uh, with with them during abductions and others who have been treated very well, especially in the contactees. I hear stories from them that uh, they are only uh, – Trying to help us and uh, educate us, etc. Whereas the the ones that uh, do uh, um, intrusive uh, operations on people, they're interested in using people on Earth for their own uh, agendas. I mean, I have um, implants that were put in in me, 
in order for them to know what I'm seeing and where I'm going at any time. Now, those I've been under on their on their leash, so to speak, for decades. Um, but right now, um, those implants don't seem to be working very well anymore. Uh, back in the uh, 90s, they were um, working all the time. And um, so I would be getting telepathic information and visual downloads and and uh, all sorts of stuff that uh, would be related to my interests and, and research. And I would know when I needed to go up in, uh, to Pine Bush in the, and, and drive up there from Red Bank, New Jersey, and uh, do all of this. But uh, uh, all during most of that time that I was out in the field, I wasn't abducted. Uh, I wasn't abducted by those who were living underground in the Walkill River Valley. Uh, I wasn't abducted by any of the greys or uh, of the other types, except uh, the last abductions I had were in, in February 1995. And um, after that, I've been pretty much left alone, which has given me the feeling that I'm either protected or they don't want anything to do with me. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, uh I forgot my other question. Sorry. <laughs> Dave Emmons for Dave. He wanted to ask yes. Dave, the journalist. Yeah. Uh, uh, are you the one in New York? No, I'm in I'm in Illinois. Illinois. Okay. Uh, yeah, Dave came on last Thursday, and Dr. Bruce came on Wednesday with me. I think you helped me on both occasions on Thursday, and you so. Uh, uh, any other questions well, uh, for either of them who was before the one I go that, to Gina? Uh, was in New York? Go ahead. Who, who was the one who was taking pictures in New York? Dr. Bruce Cornett. He's worked with Tommy on several things outside of uh, New York bef- uh, in Montague uh, area, I believe. Isn't that right, Dr. Bruce? My, my connection's really bad. I'm only catching about half the words. So. Okay. I'll just let y'all go. All right. Well, Janet, Janet is on here now. Janet, I know you're going to have Dr. Bruce uh, as a full life story interview on Aquarian Radio soon. He has a lot of uh, intelligence and training. uh, Sunday with us on Revolution Radio, and I I need you to email me your stuff, Bruce. Um, But let me let me ask uh, uh, both you. Well. First of all, Bruce, I worked at Penn State University. I lived in State College for, what was that, from 89 to 93. I ran the Penn State UFO discussion group during that time. Really? And there was a very active wow. UFO community. Yes, and we had Linda Moulton Howe as our speaker. We had 600 people from all over the, that area come well, to Penn State. To that, that was before I actually got involved in all of this stuff, just before because I started to get involved in 1992. So if you were, the, um, and I gra- left Penn State in, in seven, 1977. So um, we didn't, we weren't there at the same time. No, we missed each other. <laughs> but it was, it's a great little town. My um, husband's family at the time were the Smiths. So they had Smith Park and they owned all those buildings. They were, uh, when I was living there, it was like I was, uh, Penn State royalty. I felt very awkward. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> yeah, you're one of those Smiths. Anyway, that didn't last much, uh, very long after 
I got involved with all the UFO stuff because that does that's not very um when someone's pretty conservative and their wife is being taken at night. Actually I don't I don't consider myself an abductee. I just go on board ship at night. But one night they took him and after that that kinda of, our our marriage went kind of down downhill. He didn't like that at all, and he struggled with that because he was very conservative. He didn't believe it. He was in, even an a, uh, agnostic. I don't think he was an atheist, but agnostic. But um, so I and, and I and TJ are both lifelong contactees, experiencer, ambassador. So I've been cataloging all this, and these are the um, ambassadors where we come to the earth. We have a mission. We're interacting on a conscious level. Uh, we do have some memories blocked, but it's pretty easy for us to get it back, just a little bit of hypnosis. And then we have ongoing contact to this day. So I have experiences uh, at night, and I'm being trained for what's coming down. Um, I'm being educated about different uh, technologies, uh, architectural structures, you know, because we're we're going to have to deal with a lot of uh, habitat changes and how to avoid the cataclysms because apparently these uh, things happen on planets all over all the time, uh, different systems of governance. So I'm, I'm receiving this major education. Uh, I did go through like a breeding period. I'm not in the breeding program anymore. I've never been a victim. It's always been an agreement on a higher soul level. Uh, I know what my mission is. I'm here for this time, for this grand awakening. So anyway, that's the level um, that I am operating on, just to give you. And TJ and I compare notes. And, so she's on that level. We have a number of experiencers that are like uh, Elizabeth April. And um, I can't think of all of them right now. I've interviewed hundreds of uh, experiencers and secret space program personnel cataloging and documenting all that and it's all up on AquarianRadio.com um, so with that being said I, do you have any feedback or comments for me Bruce well about what you I just say engaged? that you don't view yourself as an abductee and I will correct my uh, you know I use those general terms uh, so that people will understand what, what happened but uh, I have a, a contact group that has been with me all of my life um, and uh, they are quite different from what I've heard anybody else talk about, okay? Um, and uh, they contact me. In fact, the leader of their group is uh, incarnated as my late wife, Bonnie, and I spent seven years with her and didn't know who she was or why I was brought to her. And uh, you know, after she died, my mother and I were at her gravesite saying my farewell and her, I had my camcorder recording for her family up north, and uh, her spirit appeared over her grave, and then a second sun appeared in overhead clouds, sent down a golden beam of light, and uh, I saw her colored spirit ascend in that beam up into that second sun, and the sun went out. And uh, later, uh, this was in 1991, and later when uh, we had computer software that could, uh, like Photoshop, I was able uh, the frames from that video and analyze them, and I discovered a huge circular, uh, double-rimmed, domed, white mothership embedded in that cloud. And uh, that was the, the, the first time I began to suspect that I had um, that 
not just a spiritual entity that was telepathically communicating me with me after uh, Bonnie died, but actually one of these ETs that was uh, doing this. And I've been trying to figure out what in the world my mission is. I mean, you said that you have your mission, right? You know what you're supposed right. to do. And I've been told mm-hmm. that I, my mission is to complete my late wife's biography. Now, that is a loaded question, okay, a loaded uh, require, request. It's taken me the last 25 years to figure out what it was. But I had to study all of the uh, religions under Abraham and, and try to find out what in the world um, Bonnie was trying to accomplish uh, in her 40 years of life on earth. And now what are the Caradonians, and that is their name, uh, are trying to accomplish here on earth. And they are very, very ancient. I would say uh, they go back to the, you know, before the humans uh, were on mm-hmm. this planet. And um, they uh, pre-Sumerians uh, and pre, would you say pre-Atlantis and pre-Lemuria? Which Lemuria yes. is the name of John, I think James Churchwood gave uh, one of the first authors about that area. But before that was called Mu, M-U, and before yes, that right, Pangea. Right. It was right. all one continent right. or right. one piece before we got hit. And, and yeah. she was one of uh, the the leaders of the Sumerians, um, and then became one of the the goddesses worshipped by the ancient Egyptian called Kahra. Um, and uh, she uh, claims to have been behind the, the the writing of all the biblical scriptures, you know, from um, you know Judaism, uh, Christianity, and Islam. Um, so. Uh, whoever this is, and I'm doing putting my scientific cap back on, uh, I would love to believe everything that she has told me as true, and I want to believe it. But at the same time, I have not heard any similar story coming from very many other people. Wait, is well, she like on, to, was she channeling? Uh, Let me ask you, was she channeling? Sure. Was she re- researching? How was she getting her information? And what okay. form is it in now? Is it journals or is it typewritten or is it? You know? No, no, I, I'm the I'm her typist. I'm the one who's writing it down and writing a book about her story. Okay, uh, the first weekend we were together in, in uh, um, January 1984, we had a long discussion and she showed me all of her uh, psychic capabilities. She was tested by the Princeton Paranormal Lab and virtually scored 100%. She, you know, was telekinetic, uh, precognitive. Uh, clairvoyant, um, all of these things. And she demonstrated everything. She could levitate, you name it. And uh, at the time, I was just a dumb scientist, uh, totally blown away by all of this and not knowing what to believe it. But she told me back then, in 1984, she gave me evidence that um, the Bible was her biography. And uh, she said it emphatically. Um, uh, And uh, so... There's a lot associated with that that is coming out in my book. Um, but um, after, you know, about two months before she died, she taught me how to recognize her thoughts in my head. Um, you know, I hmm. wasn't familiar with uh, uh, telepathy or anything like that, being, you know, a, a straight scientist. And, um, you know, it's rather funny how she was able to do that. 
I came home one night. Uh, I was working late. She was bedridden. And um, I thought, well, yeah, I'm going to get her something to eat because I'm too tired to cook dinner. So I went to McDonald's, and when I walked through the front door, uh, she yelled out from the bed- bedroom, Hi, honey, did you get me my Big Mac with extra pickles and Coke with extra ice? I walked into the bedroom, and I said, How did you know? And he said, I asked you to get them for me. I said, What? And oh. I, so I started testing her, and I was able to pick up her thoughts in my head. After she died, she continued to communicate with me, move objects, create miracles right in front of me, all sorts of stuff. And um, What made her die so young? What happened? Uh, uh, it was... Uh, she died of a heart attack, um, but uh, she had cardiomyopathy. Uh, she had been killed by her first husband. She told me on the first weekend we were together, and you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I began to wonder how 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 did they get connected to this woman who's telling me that her first husband killed her on the 12th of January 1971, and uh, she told me how uh, when the uh, intern who tried to save her that morning came to the morgue. Uh, she was watching in, in spirit, and um, she uh, could hear his thoughts, and he started to cry, and she said, I could not bear to see him cry for me, so she re-entered her body and, and animated it and woke up with a mortuary tag on her toe. And uh, wow. that, that blew me away. I said, well, but that death uh, severely damaged her physical heart. And uh, she had many uh, – she – well, the doctors, she had a bunch of doctors. Uh, everything that you could imagine was going wrong. Uh, there was a group of, of entities that were trying to kill her. Um, and, um, uh, you know, in the Bible, and, and they're called, you know, serpents and, and satans and all of that. And uh, she um, um, was able to overcome all of them because she was a healer. And she survived three cancers, uh, breast cancer, uterine cancer, uh, and uh, this uh, Clark-spreading version of malignant melanoma with, with a huge tumor in the left uh, thigh, which was removed, and that uh, made her permanently disabled. Um, and that's when I met her, after she had had all these operations, reconstructive surgery, et cetera. And um, uh, she could divide death. And two days after, uh, she um, uh, was flown from... New Jersey down to uh, Houston, uh, she collapsed in the street trying to get to a phone to get uh, because uh, she had been uh, denied her medications. And um, she had a huge, uh, she told me, uh, near-death experience at that point. A cop saw her fall in the street, ended up in the newspaper. He picked her up and took her to the emergency room, and uh, she was revived. Um, and so she, she was here on a mission. She completed that mission. She uh, fulfilled prophecy in the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 12, uh, to the T. And all of the things that are related to that, I've mentioned this to TJ, um, uh, part of the, what I'm, the story I'm supposed to tell. And that is my assignment. And even though most religions will not accept this interpretation, because it, it goes completely against their interpretation of Scripture, Okay, and each religion has its own uh, specific uh, concept of what's going to happen in the end times. Well, according to what I experienced with Bonnie, we're already in the end times right now, in the middle of it. All right, let's get back yeah, to alienology. Oh, and, I, uh, Janet, I had one you more can question. have him. I, I had one more question. You can have him on Sunday I, tell you his. 
I will. Yeah. Channel, but okay. But, but okay. I have one more question for for um Dave. Who was Dave? That's what I was talking about. Who do we have here? Um, Dave, you had a question for me. Would you like to ask me the question now? Yeah, uh, Janet. What I I picked up a while ago that you were saying with this consciousness and spirituality. Uh, I just know somewhat of that subject. Uh, I know that there's been some freaky things happen to me and my family, especially with my mom. Uh, in in this uh, spirituality thing, but what I wanted to ask you, you said that when we leave here, and then we can choose, we want to we want to be the the bad guy. We were good guy first, then when we left, that now we want to be the bad guy. Do we carry any of those memories, or are there are there certain things of other lives? Are there memories that can be extracted from us? Everything's pretty easily accessible if you do hypnosis. You can go anywhere in your existence and any reincarnations um you have to have a willingness first to go there and then sometimes it's very powerful and you have to process it and realize that you know some negative things might have happened but we do we do uh, regression therapy with people all the time we go back to this life and uh, they tend people tend to go back to the ones that are relevant to this life um but you can go anywhere in existence and go to other planets and and so so, yeah, you'll have some of the tendency we'll carry with you. Uh, some of it's in your genetics and some of it's in your soul essence. So you might be a, a concert pianist because in a past life you played the piano, right? So you carry some of those things. Um, we all have free will. You're not, it's not set in stone, but you have these tendencies and these capabilities. You see all these YouTubes with these kids that are two, three years old and they're playing the piano and they're, you know, that, they're bringing something with them. Yeah, that's obvious. Um, but we're multi-dimensional selves simultaneously having experiences on many different planes, the uh, vibratory frequencies, and uh, there's a lot of background noise. I, some of you might want to mute uh, when you're not talking. So, um, and we're, we're so time is an illusion of, of this world, right? So we think in linearly because we're here in this planet that believes in time. But you know, we can travel anywhere and continue and access all of our information. Like accessing the Akashic field. So, okay. I guess okay, or, I'll. Or, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Can dreams also be a, a form of self regression? Because I've had some dreams that I was on other planets and things of that nature, and it's very vivid. And I, I was thinking that I, the most of what I've been through is like self regression. I can tell you that I went to a, a hypnotist here. I guess back in 2012, and she was very experienced. She's been she's been in, involved in it for years. I went in there and I have this hum in my ear, the towel's hum. And when she was trying to put me under, I guess you call it, I was laying there and I couldn't because the hum kept getting louder and louder. And then when I turned around and looked, she was out of it. Her eyes were closed and she was sound. To, she was out. She was somewhere else. And I tried to wake her up uh, several times. I couldn't wake her up. And she said, oh, my gosh. She said, that's the rapture. And she was thinking about the, the large triangle craft that I was explaining to her. She said, that's the rapture. That's that's where they pick people up. And I thought, oh, that's that's a, a dynamic thought. But, yeah, I tried it once, and it didn't work. Uh, and well, it did that's because it didn't work doesn't mean it. That doesn't mean it can't work. It's just, um, yeah, no, right. I would have you crank it up. I'd have you make the, the sound get louder and louder because that's your key. 
there's your message. If you can break through the hum, which is, uh, and not just have somebody tell you about it, it's better for you to experience it yourself than have somebody else define you and tell you what you're experiencing because they're they're like directing the witness, right? You don't want to lead the witness. You want to right. carry with and, and allow the person to access their own information and get what's relevant for for them in that session. But I recommend people do sessions ongoing. For When I first landed with Dr. Listen, because I'm a lifelong experiencer and I was doing talk therapy, but guess what talk therapy does? It keeps you in your head. So I needed to go into regression therapy. And when I started going down and inward uh, by a facilitated, I mean, by a high experienced facilitator, I started going deeper and deeper. And it's like layers. It's like Russian dolls. So you might get this much one week, and then next week you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then uh, one experience will open to another, to another, to another. And, you know, I highly recommend you record it. And then you can, you know, you can write uh, encyclopedias of information when you get done with it all. And sometimes you access like your ambassador self. See, I I have access where I've been on – at council meetings, which are smaller, you know, 20, 30 people, even a dozen. And I've been to a meeting with 100,000 unique species. So when earlier you were talking about what do they look like, they look like everything. And what they told me at the end of the meeting, they said, first of all, we created this arena for this meeting, but when we're gone, it dissolves. We, we are creating it with our group mind, right? So it doesn't need to exist somewhere. We just, uh, it's gone until we assemble again and then we create the, the facility. And then they um, said that they, they only were showing me the ones that wouldn't scare the Janet part of me. Uh, there's a part of me that's an eternal being and isn't freaked out from, by anything because I've seen it all and I've been it all, right? But the little avatar self, Janet, we're in a symbiotic relationship. Our, our soul you know, oversoul, higher essence is here in this human avatar having a human experience, and we're in this program of that's been created by all of us in the virtual reality game. And so in order not to freak out um, and stay in the game, you know, you kind of have to be kind to your little, you know, little Janet self, <laughs> your little Dave right. self, your little Bruce self, right? Um, right? So you don't have a heart attack, you know, because we are fragile. These forms right. are very fragile. So, um, anyway, that's been my experience, and I'm really uh, blessed, and I feel sorry for people that have negative experiences, um, and I understand, but a lot of times it's like the cat and the bat, right? If, if you ask my cat what we were doing to her at the bat, I mean, she would just tell you all kinds of horror stories about how mean these people were, including mommy, taking her to the bat. How dare she, you know? So it's all perspective. I'm not sure what they're doing. Part of what I get from interviews is that they're, uh, they're monitoring us because of the horrendous um, pollution and everything we're exposed to. And, um, you know, we're killing ourselves, killing the, the land, the water, everything. There's, you know, things are happening. And they're accelerating very rapidly. Wait till you see this summer. We ain't yeah. seen nothing yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I believe the same way, Janet, that the, they're trying to monitor us, uh, the nuclear and the waste and, uh, the you know, the toxins. Uh, that we're doing to ourselves, and maybe that's why they they mutilate cattle and see how much toxins they're absorbing. That's our that's our food source, and they know that, so that's where they're going to to find out or take a, uh, a you know I guess take a, a chronological all the way uh, to the end of where we're at, and maybe they might step in sometime. It's getting uh, like you said, it's speeding up quite a bit. 
Well, I think they are intervening and they they're accelerating their contact with individuals. Uh, and we have all of the technologies already are invented to clean up this whole planet. We can we can restore it back to its pristine state. I'm talking to a couple physicists. They already have the uh, they're reinventing the technology that the secret space program has. The secret space program has capabilities of getting here across the, you know the solar system in you know minutes, right? So we're already out. We're already in other galaxies. Uh, we're a very highly advanced um, secret space race, but we're not giving it to our citizens, which is a sin. It's an atrocity, and we deserve to have it. So we're lobbying. We're, we're working together as a team. I have a bunch of people that are working with me to get the truth out. And if our governments won't do it, then it'll be through other methods, like these radio shows. So I really applaud everybody that's on the show today, and I thank you very much. Um, so just to you know, hang in there. We do have the technology. We, we can cure all diseases. We can um, reverse this planet back to pristine. We can restore heads. We can revive the dead. Oh, and I wanted to say one more thing um, to Bruce. My husband and I have researched all the information that your wife was getting. We're, we're, we're going back. We started studying by studying with Zechariah Sitchin. My husband's a Ph.D. anthropologist from UCLA. He's uh, going to be 79 years old in July. So he's been doing this all of his life. He uh, was a savant, went to UCLA at 16, been studying all this all of his life. So, um, you know, so she's accessing the... Uh, Anunnaki period, that's the ones behind the Bible, but there's other species that, you know, we've had species coming to visit us and, and terraforming this planet since it was created. Okay, I'm taking up too much time. I'm going to pass the time, but thank you for listening. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We've got to go forward. We're, we're doing, uh, this is on the hour, folks. I'm five minutes over the extra hour, so I've got to make a little break here. Uh, we've got new people uh, learning how to Join us for panel discussions on our radio shows for our ACO Radio Club. If you'd like to join, uh, you can go and be a Patreon at uh, patreon.com. My page is Teresa J. Morris, and I'm going to ask Ahmed if he will share his. He is our graphic artist, not just our general manager. So, Ahmed, could you turn your speaker back on for a moment? Tell us about uh, yes, ma'am, but I'm not sure what my Patreon is. Patreon? Is it a Mad Painter, or do you think it's the Mad Painter 13, yeah, or did you put it under painter. Thomas Becker? Okay, well, we'll look that up. But in the meantime, tell us about – I'm holding the quill for my Society of Professional Journalists magazine, and I used to make one. It cost me roughly $1,500. I never broke even at $5 a, a copy for bluegrass, but I'm looking at one. It's 11 by 17, and then they staple it, you know what they call a stitch, right? Two stitches, two staples in the middle. And we're talking about doing our own uh, magazine, and a Mad Painter's got a beautiful uh, cover for, uh, I guess, Ahmed, tell us about the magazine if these people would like to join our club, ACO Club. Well, it, and the, uh -huh. it, It'll be an e-book on Amazon, and uh, it'll be offered there for non-members to buy. But members will get a copy of it free. It'll come out bi-monthly. And uh, uh, also, we're going to have a, a newsletter that comes out monthly. 
for members. And uh, the magazine will uh, cover basically anything to do with uh, uh, space, uh, alien contact, uh, disclosure, uh, and touch on some of the other subjects that we do cover on other shows. So I'm I'm not even sure how much it'll cost for non-members, but uh, until I publish it, so. Okay, so we're gonna say that we're gonna put out a by month. by. Let's see. Let me ask the journalist. I forgot if it's not monthly, uh, Bruce. If it's every two months, we I know we say by annual if it's every six months, but if it's can we say by monthly every two weeks, Dave? Well, How about quarterly? You, know, you can quarterly. get enough information in a quarterly period of time. Uh, is this going to be an Internet publication, or is this going to be uh, hard copies? Yes, it, it's, going to, it's going to be Internet. And uh, now I, I'm pretty sure that Amazon will offer a hard copy of it, too. Okay. And, but uh, for the members, it will be an book. Yeah. Yeah. So we would yeah, like it, to have not your really input. It's, You're going to do 11 by it, 17, it's not real right? Big. Uh, it's, uh, no, I'm not even sure. It's 8 by 11, I think. 8 and by 11. Uh, yeah, that'll fit on a, with a quarter inch around. So that should yeah, fit in a normal magazine also. or look like a book, you know, the big school book or something. Yeah. By the time we get it stitched or however they're going to do it, you have to have a ma- minimum of 25 pages on the e-Kindles. At least that was when we had Create Space. So, but we'll look into all the publication I'm part of it, not, I guess. I'll have, to, yeah, I'll have to look into that part. But I, I, mean, I mean, it's set up as a magazine, and I'm pretty sure they they. Uh, I mean, a lot of people make money off short stories selling them for a dollar. So I don't uh, see why they and, wouldn't uh, put that together. And you're doing. Uh, go ahead and mention your audio books and where they can find them. And uh, your go ahead and mention your shows because we were we were at the top of the hour, but we went over. So go ahead, Amanda, and oh, give I, us I uh, don't Sunday have, and Monday shows. I don't have the audio books up anywhere yet. Uh, the only place you can get them is having the archives at Revolution Radio, and they're there okay. for you if you remember the archives for the station. Uh, the archives for the station would be under your open canvas. It's uh, he does that by the the. Uh, how does he Mike do that? Is it Mike Ring, Ringley? But you can go to Revolution Radio and go into the website. Is that how he does his? Because we're all going to start something new here to support that. Yeah, yeah you just go to his website, and uh, I think it's six dollars a month for the archives, and they're there under ebook. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what he's doing. So you're saying that when you have your own uh, radio show on Revolution.Radio, he provides the free archives, at least for a year or two. But he does uh, still do the CD at the end of the year per radio show, and they would look up yours. Uh, Open Canvas. They're putting them on a jump drive now. And uh, it's not free. It's $6 a month for the archives. Okay, $6 a month. And I've got over 700, close to 800 here. And I've done a lot of them. <laughs> but 
We still yeah, have that, over 700 what, that, shows. Yeah, you're, you're letting people into your archives for free, and, you know, you could be charging a couple of dollars for them. Well, we're going to put this together so we can pay for our secure drive and our archives. Well, that, that's what it's for, is so you can keep going. I mean, there's no reason for it to come all out of your pocket, you know. I mean, we have enough listeners that, uh, you know, if they kick in a buck or two, then you would have no problem with the cost. So that's that's a good idea. We're going to just copy a model out there already, folks, by Mike Ringley with freedomslips.com, revolution.radio. And Ahmed's been with him since his inception right at 2012 when we started, or did he start in 2011? It was New Year's 2012, was New wasn't Year's, it? Yeah, New Year's 2011-12. Okay, going into the – so he started the first. I didn't start till June for Bruce and Dave, but you know here – on blogtalkradio.com is forward slash TJ Morris ET Radio, where we keep our archives. And Janet yep. Carol Lesson started her own as Aquarian Radio. We don't need to pitch him no more. We need to pitch ACO. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what we're going to do then. We're going to start running this show as professional as he has. We just weren't accustomed to asking for donations for seven years. So I've spent thousands as, as Janet, but we're holding our own archives. We pay monthly here, folks, just so you know. So we are going to get into a listener-supported uh, radio station, and hopefully everybody can join us and uh, make donations here. And uh, my company is American Communications Online. And if you can write that down, it's uh, at Gmail right now where we keep our emails. I've got all these other places I've paid for, but we're going into one company. Uh, and I've got several websites, many, many websites. So, uh, usually what we do is we help people get established if they want to be a author speaker at some of these uh, events. And Janet and I have been doing this seven years, as is Tommy. But Tommy and Janet would actually go to these events and uh, have a table or work with another company or another humanoid uh, type. Uh, but Janet has spoken at IUFO Congress in Contact in the Desert. And Tommy did uh, – Tommy, you did uh, Congress uh, – Tell them a, a little bit, Tommy, about uh, what we're doing for the UFO Association because I'd like to go to the IUFO Congress in August. I got our, our uh, fill-out form, and it saves money, Tommy, if we all don't have to go individually, if we can share one company. Uh, and I think Ahmed's trying to help us do that to work together. So, Tommy, it's your turn if you want to share something about what we're doing together, like Ahmed's doing ACO. If you're there, are you there? Ahmed, can you hear me? I can. Uh -oh. I can hear you. This is Dave. Okay, thank you, Dave. I guess uh, Tommy, coming, I can't hear. You're, you're coming through, cracking. You're cracking up sometimes, uh, Teresa. Okay, that's through that direct on uh, – it could be my calling in on my uh, internet. Uh, Dave, why don't you yes. uh, go ahead for a moment, and uh, you you were going to help us, I hope, with getting this Thursday show, which we do try to stick with alienology or alien contact, and I don't know why Tommy isn't here. Very 
curious his numbers here but I can't hear him. So back to you, Dave. Dave, you are a journalist, and you can help uh, Ahmad and I over the overall. He Ahmad is the general manager, and he will have the last say, especially Damn. since it was his idea. Oh, are, is that are you, Are we Tommy? on the air? Yes. Okay. Tommy, oh, can you that. hear me? There he is. Uh, okay, no, I can't. Tommy. All right. We didn't know what was going on. All right, Tommy, you've been with me seven years, as has Janet, and we've never really – we've all kept – I've kept several websites, as has Janet, but we're trying to go with Ahmad. Ahmad wants to make sure we come together under the ACO, and then we can write one check for our vendor table, which is going to be five to $700. I don't even know how much yet if we all congregate at the International UFO Congress, but – You've worked uh, at various events, and so has Janet, and uh, we can stay up on that. But uh, you want to give any ideas or share anything with Ahmad uh, about the ACO or how how you see the UFO Association part going? You're working with Tina Bird now. i got a serious problem. Uh, hold on. Okay. Well, let me go on back down then. All right. Well, uh, Dave, do you have any questions set up that we need to address as alienologists? Because Bruce said he doesn't really care for that term, but we have to establish those that study aliens separate from ufology because uh, Dave and I were talking earlier before we started the show because we have uh, learned in free social media that some people in free social media, especially on Facebook, only want that for their postings for their family and they don't want anything else on there. And uh, yet I, for many years since Facebook started, have had Teresa Morris. But they will allow you to have your various groups and make groups. And we've got – oh, I've got 5,000 on my Teresa Morris, so I had to start other pages over the years. But, uh, Dave, you want to talk a moment about social media and how this group could help? Right. Yeah, you're breaking up. I'm, I'm, I, I caught what you're trying to say, but uh, yes, you, you were talking about a, a, a quarterly or, or a biannually publication. It all depends on how much news is going, is going to go into the publication. You want to put your top stories in there. As a journalist, you don't want to put a lot of a lot of small stories that won't attract somebody's attention. You want these stories that's going to that's going to, I guess, freeze people on that story and say, "Wow, that was that was pretty good." You know, uh, you, you don't want to throw out, you know, a lot of fluff stories in which people might get bored with. They, they probably want to see the top-notch stories that that uh, we can come up with, and and put those in. And if we get if you get a lot of top-notch well, stories, you can go on a weekly basis, or the, if you want the to first do quarterly basis. What's that? The, the first one isn't going to be really uh, the. It's just going to be a kind of fluff deal. But the the second one will be uh, covering people like uh, we whoever gets interviewed. You know their their stories and stuff like that. We'll feature right. the the guests on uh, you know a, a couple of the guests, not all the guests. I mean we wouldn't be able to do that. But you know in their stories and stuff like that, and we'll promote their books and you know things like that okay yeah i i was i was wondering if you were going to take in international or national stories 
on UFOs or abduction cases, uh, which comes over the news wires. Uh, I didn't. I don't know if you're gonna like they do on Facebook a lot in these in these UFO pages. Uh, they they cover all these international and national news stories and UFOs like Fox TV. Uh, uh, I guess Tucker Carlson. He he does an, a UFO program. I guess about once a week actually, and I guess he's a believer. And so he puts he puts all this information up about UFOs. And I don't know if you want to cover those those stories in which a lot of people don't watch regular TV news. And if we handed down the stories that hit the news media about UFOs, that would be interesting to people because they're going to say, well, they're starting to believe, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty much open right now to whatever we want to blend it into. Uh, the first one, I was just going to get it out there, uh, you know, and uh, get it rolling. Right. And then, yeah. uh, you know, I'll... I, if you got an article of about uh, each page will hold about uh, a thousand to fifteen hundred words. Uh, if you got an article you want to uh, put in there, let me know and I'll stick it in there. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we have to, I guess, define the uh, like Teresa saying. Well, I'll go analogy. We have to define the direction on each one of the the, the stories that you may want to, you know, break it up. Spiritual consciousness. And that type of thing, and uh, have that on one one story, and then have the alienologist about aliens on, on another story, or or contactees, uh, you know, having having their background stories like you were talking about, and that would, you know, to draw people's interest is what is what it's all about. And we're trying to convert people now. We got 40% of the people here in the United States who believe in UFOs. Uh, they don't 100% believe because they haven't seen a UFO. Only probably 10 or 15% has actually seen one. The little orbs in the sky don't count usually. If they see one up close, then that's a fascinating encounter. Uh, but th- those are the ones that, that ha- you know, can hit, be the real stories uh, in, in, in the publications. People are more excited about if you can describe what an alien looks like. And that's why I was interested in what Bruce was going to tell me about what his encounters, uh, what they look like, and and so what aliens look like and what the crafts, the craft look like. I think most people know that there's lights buzzing all around us. They know about that, but we we need to get deeper into it, in the into the alienology about what's like I said the agenda, who these who these uh, entities are, what do they look like, and what do their crafts uh, look like? You know the UFOs. Those are the type of things now we need to dig into since. Since there is uh, some partial disclosure at this point, a lot of people are starting to, to believe that something is out there. They don't know exactly what, but they're starting to believe what we need to do right. is explain what is out there and who they are and, and, and what their agenda is. I, I, I don't think, I think Bruce uh, alluded to this earlier. He said that uh, we'll, we'll never be able to change things because they are the ones who run this planet. And that's true. Uh, the aliens run this planet. There may be just a couple of them that are in charge of the whole uh, couple of entities, species that are in charge of the whole planet. And then the others are maybe visiting or coming here. Uh, but I think they don't get along either. I think there's been some space wars out there. And that's why we're talking about having a space force to protect ourselves from that. But it's all a pack of uh, lies, I guess you can say, what the government's saying, because uh, – 
I think Bruce and Tommy both might maybe allude to this also that that we're more for, uh, we're further advanced than what the government even tells us. We I think they're traveling to Mars. They're traveling to the moon on on the on weekly excursions with their their uh, their space force. So they're they're keeping a lot from us. Uh, I believe that, and I think the more we find out about that, uh, you know, we, we got to be careful about finding out like stuff like that. But uh, I'd like to just stick to the alienology, like we were talking about, or the consciousness and the spirituality, uh, uh, you know, uh, mode of things. But I, yeah, I'd be that's what I'm interested in. I I want to find out because I know what the four looked like that I saw, I actually seen, and I think the brown one that. That Dr. Bruce is talking about. I, I believe that's what the color of the one I had in '96. He was a short little fellow. He was really wrinkled, and he had he didn't have the black eye patch on. He just had regular. His eyes were were his pupils and the whites of his eyes. I can see them, and he was kind of greenish, maybe brown. It was a dark. It was dark in the room, so that color could be you know different in the daylight or or with a light on. But uh, that's the critter that I saw, the same one that Bruce was talking about that happened to him in, in uh, Virginia, I believe it was, he said. So that's that's what I'm interested in is who are these aliens and what are they, what's their agenda? It, it, we, we'll probably go for years trying to find out their agenda. They keep that so hush-hush over thousands of years they've been doing this. But uh, if, you, if you look into paleontology like Dr. Bruce does or archaeology like you might see on ancient aliens they cover a lot of archaeology and i like that and also they talk about the bible a little bit in which i think tommy was talking about earlier i saw a story the other day that and i guess things change stories come out we don't know what is true and what's not but somebody was saying and this was on whitley streber uh website and there's a guy there who says moses actually was killed when he was a young man and somebody took his place and this person was a magician that took his place and, and took, uh, the, the, I guess, the Jews out of Egypt. And uh, so who's, who's to know? I mean, what, what, what's the truth about all of it? We don't really know. Uh, I think Tommy goes back. Uh, in the, I think Bruce has been going back with, with their, the consciousness and, and seeing these things. Uh, I'm, I'm more of, of looking at it, you know, more of a, I guess, academic way as far as ancient uh, things are concerned and trying to piece it together with what I've experienced and what I've seen. Uh, yes, I think they do live here, and they live underground, and they come out. Uh, yes, I, I honestly do think that. But uh, I guess I need to turn it back to, to Teresa. Or... Hello? Anybody there? Well, I, I look ahead. forward to Go ahead, Hey, Amanda. thank you very much. You are uh, eloquent in your uh, explanation. Thank you. Thank that you. was Dave Bruce, Dr. Bruce. Okay, Matt, you've got something to say, and then we can get Bruce back involved here. Tommy had to fall off. He's having equipment. Janet's on, but she's muted. But, Janet, you're muting yourself because you're on. So uh, just okay, let everybody I'll know. Okay, I'll mute myself. Yeah, we're working together with Janet and Tommy from the old guys. There's a new Men in Black coming out. Uh-oh, Mad dropped off, so he'll be right back, I hope. So, uh, all right, uh, Dave Emmons, if you're going to help co-host, we're going to need questions every week on uh, this alienology. So we're going to have to start separating the topics. Janet, uh, 
went towards experiencers for a long time. Now she's getting into time travelers. But uh, we can discuss this, can't we, Janet, as to what topics quarterly the best. I talk about all the topics. I talk about reincarnation and ghosts and paranormal and and secret space. I've I've covered them all. (laughs) Um, So I'm not limited, you know. um, But I do... Lately, I've been working with uh, the Secret Space Program people and time travelers and experiencers. So, yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, Janet, Janet let me ask you board. a question. Let me ask you sure. a question, Janet, about, about uh, what you were saying about uh, time uh, traveling. Now, in my experiences, they sped my time up. I, I kind of was, I was somewhere where I was supposed to be about a half an hour, 40 minutes earlier when I spoke to, and I felt like I was, dizzy uh, that that magnetic energy makes you feel a little nauseous uh, and it when it hits you uh, it's what they use to dumb you down and that's what they use to knock you out and actually it's part of the tractor beam that beams you up uh, I had my neighbor saw the tractor beam in the back of my yard uh, I guess they were coming down in the back of my yard and coming in through the back of the house uh, and I had neighbors uh, on the other side both sides that I lived uh, in Godfrey Illinois both neighbors come up and told me that they, they heard noises and vibrations in their backyard and lights, and, and it was right right adjacent to my backyard. And uh, so I had both neighbors, you know, confess to me that they saw these things, and they, 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 think, or they asked me, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. But, they, yeah, there's a lot of, there was a lot of activity for about four years, and uh, as Dr. Bruce was saying, you know, that he, he his experiences have dropped off, so have mine. But, Janet, getting back to the, the time travel, what do you believe? Uh, are, do, are these aliens coming from our future? I think it's Jerry's all the above. Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. still out I think it's all the above. And I think some are. I, I think there's so – this is the hot spot in the universe People like to come here. They like to watch all the crazy humans acting out and doing weird <laughs> shit. So, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. we're entertainment. That's it. We're entertainment. Imagine right. that. Yes, we're entertainment. Okay. We're the Galactic um, Saturday Night Live. Wait a minute. I want to finish answering <laughs> the question. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that we have, uh, I think we time travel all the time. Uh, we have to rethink time traveling. It's not always you have to jump in a machine or go on board a ship. You know, when, we, when we're looking back at our own past, and this is what's really boggling people's minds, okay? We're making yeah. this all up. So when well, we, we go to look at the past, and, huh? I'm not well, talking about just the spinning saw... within the spinning within the spinning. I'm talking about right. how we're making up planet. our reality. So when okay. you go back and visit your own past, and we did that, we did an annual life review every year. We did our past and our now and our future, and on some level, you're recreating your past and your now and your future when you reflect uh, on it, at, because you'll never get the truth. You'll get a variation on the theme. You'll get a mixture of memories. You'll go as you get older. You'll go this is live. Remember, this is this is real. Um, as I'm traveling into my other uh, realities, my other uh, lifetimes, I have I have a full-on lifetime that I go to at night, and I'm at an office, and I know the whole town. It's just it's like it's like driving in this town. It's like so, and that's only one of the places I go to. 
so there's some bleed through on your different uh, who you are and and the time has changed. I mean, I have some memories in my my childhood, and I and I have to go, wow, um, was that real? So I have a sister still alive, and we and we compare notes sometimes, and it changes. It always changes. So there's no the truth. You can get together with some friends and you reflect on the past. And that's that Mandela effect. The Mandela effect always has been. And so that's what's going on. So you are the chooser. What reality do you want to have? See, they had to put you back in the driver's seat. You're God co-creating as God with other gods, right? So then you're not a victim. It's like, well, I don't like this war. So change it. Stop doing it. Stop feeding energy into it. One of the programs from the Illuminati, uh, whoever they are, the, the Archons, Dracos, uh, whatever they are, they're trying to get us to do Armageddon and the rapture. So they put it in Revelation. So then people go, that's the Bible. It's supposed to be. No, it's not supposed to be. It's a freaking program. They're trying to get us to kill ourselves. Stop it. We don't have to kill each other. We can love each other. Change the program. Is this kind? Is this conscious? Is it loving? Then don't do it. Just stop it. Yeah. I have to go get ready for my show. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to tune out here, but okay. I'm going to be over on the Korean radio at um, the top of the hour, and I'm not even sure if my show's up. And we're going to be talking about uh, Michael Jackson. It's 10 years, 10 years in a few weeks. So um, the lady that I'm talking to, Michael Jackson came to her after he died, and Michael Jackson came to me. So we're going to do memories of Michael Jackson. What happens when you die? And are people talking to Michael Jackson? A lot of people say they have that EVP communication. He came to me while he was wasn't even dead, but I was finding out he was he was dying. So he made connection with me. I turned the TV on, and and he made sure that I knew that doctor. So I I wouldn't have known if he hadn't talked to me psychically. But that's because I was his psychic. While I was in Hawaii, right. and California, so we had a connection with him and Stanley. All right, Janet. Well, uh, we're going to finish here, and I'm going to talk real quickly about our perceptions and realities. Yeah, I'll listen for this. a few, but I got to focus to make sure I don't. Okay. I realized I don't have everything up, so I'm going to pay a listen, and then I will drop off. But thank you for having me. Great conversation. Let's do it again sometime. Okay, okay we'll okay. do it weekly. Aloha for thank now, you. and I'll just be on thank mute. You. Okay, bye bye. Okay, thank you. All right, folks, uh, Janet Ahmed's back, but real quickly, we're going to do, I'd like to share this as a professional journalist because we are going to hopefully have an editor's note in in our published, uh, everybody can have uh, websites and uh, your own archives and actually your own name, and we're, uh, we're hoping that everybody will go into one of at least one of these that uh, I'm hosting and paying the bill for, and uh put up your we want to have members and uh we've decided to have people contribute on patreon which would only be about a dollar a month and we've learned that from other people doing radio shows and ufo congress uh Alejandro has uh done that but i'm looking at the quill magazine and i just want to read this real quick because it's something that they're doing with all the professional journalists in the world and they're the oldest company are gathering associates together in the world for journalists back to like 19, 18, 19 or something, 1919 or something like that uh, or 1819. Just look it up, spj.org. But this gentleman is the uh, Lou Harry editor 
And he says perception, reality, and 110 movies. I think this applies to alienology as we build it. The, uh, let's see how many of us there are. Me, Dave, Tommy, Ahmed, Bruce, and Janet. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six people here. If we six each took a page, and uh, the way I used to do it, give each person a photo and a little bio place and then a little chance to uh, state something, it would be something like this. But this is interesting because they're talking about how deep do the fakes go in journalism now. So this, uh, real quickly, I'm going to read this. Perception isn't necessarily reality. And I know that, and I think about that a lot, but I'll keep going. It certainly has an impact on reality, and that's evident from the lineup of this issue of quit. And this story about now Angela Morris is not me, but Angela is my daughter. Morris is my married name, M-O-R-R-I-S. I find that funny that he's talking about her story. So the editor here says in her story on deep fakes, Angela Morris enters the world of video, audio, and photographic manipulation. Way beyond Photoshopping, okay? So it's a troubling tense trend that's guaranteed to make verification more difficult for journalists where potentially fueling even more media mistrust that already exists. So mistrust of journalism is one thing, but fear of journalism is another. So once upon a journalistic time, the likes of Hedda Hopper and Walter Winchell, plus other scribes without using their names, okay, as uh, wilded their power to build up and tear down careers. Now such item columns are a dying breed. In this quill story, Kevin Lerner explores what happened to this once go-to feature. The columns that dished out the stars may be gone, but the stars and their movies aren't. So these movies go a long way towards defining how we and others think about our profession. So, so what they've done in celebration of the 110th anniversary of the Society of Professional Journalists, I teamed up with the critic team from Midwest Film Journal, and that's at MidwestFilmJournal.com in parens, which we have to cite our sources, not only to review, but to also rake 110 movies that prominently feature journalists. It was no easy task, and first we had to generate a master list, and soon exceeded 175 films, including much haves, must-haves, such as Citizen Kane and Security into 1919's The Grim Game, starring Harry Houdini, which is one of my favorites, Tommy's too. Then we whittled down 110, paying attention to factors, including whether journalism is an arbitrary element of it. It's actually key to the plot and characters, which is where we lost Houdini. Sorry, Harry. <laughs> then we searched, divided, watched, and debated, leading to the final list. Thomas, I hope you're listening to this, Thomas uh, Becker. Uh, those that made the cut range have the silly yes, Ron Burgundy and his Anchorman team in there to the sublime, the desert Oscar-winning spotlight. And from the justifiably forgotten, did any of you suffer through Brenda Starr starring Brooke Shields? We did. To the iconic All the President's Men. So I suspect you have your own opinions of these films on our list and how we're ranking them. That's why we've included even more extensive versions online in quillmag.com and encourage you to add your comments. So a little plug, because I like being a journalist and a senior journalist and doing this 
broadcasting for others that are journalists. So uh, I started this as a publisher for my mother and my husband. The Timely Manor Books is my imprint for all of y'all that don't follow my books. My books are available on Amazon and Lulu, and I have been guilty of not promoting myself for seven years. So we're going to start doing that. I've got an authorsbookclub.org I need to pull up, put our books on. We've got a a place to do that now. We've got a store on Aracop if anybody's interested in Aracop.com that Ahmed started with me uh, years ago on Thursdays, and this is Thursday. So Aracop is Education Educational Research Association Community Online Press, and now I'm building the Advanced Communications Agency, ACO Club, with Bruce Cornett has agreed to assist. He has his own uh Archives. So, Bruce, if you don't mind for a moment, share with everybody your archive, uh, how many you have. Give us an idea because the mad likes to keep up with who has archives. Now, back to you, Bruce, and then we'll flip back up to Dave and Tommy. So, okay, Bruce, CJ. archives, yes. please. Okay. Well, I, I don't refer to them as archives because they are active web pages. I have over 260 web pages out there on four different servers in two different countries. Um, and uh, they were all created back in 1998 to about 2007, 2008. And uh, they're still active. Um, you can uh, go in through several different uh, access ports or front pages and, um, and, and begin to access them. One of the things that I, I realized after creating all of these is that nobody's going to want to go through them and, and see all of the individual uh, uh, web pages and, and uh, uh, sightings that I have documented. Uh, there's just a tremendous number of them. Uh, I have an index that is going to be uh, Appendix 1, going to be part of my uh, book, and it's going to be online. And um, it's well over uh, 300 pages long and uh, contains uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, photographs uh, and and shots or uh, stills from video and uh, over uh, it, it has 141 documented accounts based on uh, date, time, place, uh, description of the event, uh, witnesses, and uh, whatever uh, documenting uh, documented uh, data goes with that sighting. So um, this all occurred be, during an 11-year period between 1992 and, and 2003. And uh, so my book is essentially a, a documentary on, on my ex field experience and what I discovered, which I uh, talked about early on on this program. Wonderful. Well, you do a good job. I'm very impressed with your level of staying with uh, what you've been doing all these years. I don't know if you'd consider yourself a historian, a researcher, ufologist, alienologist, a phenomenologist, cosmologist, all of the above. So, <laughs> you know, we have to figure out a way to speak. You're, you call yourself a scientist. That's what I've been called by Robert Morningstar when I wrote for years for UFO Digest. And I never related to being a scientist, but I guess if you have empirical review and you like to measure things, I don't know. We're going to have to figure all I this out. I have a long history of, uh, of publications in the scientific journals. Um, I'm well represented on, on ResearchGate with my own profile there 
And you can access all of my uh, research publications on subjects of uh, geology, paleontology, paleobotany, etc. Um, and uh, many of them are, are continue to be accessed and used for uh, research by other scientists. Uh, so that is that was my past career, and uh, my uh, right hand ter- turn that. that sudden change in direction that occurred in 1992 as uh, really, uh, even though I didn't stop doing scientific research in my previous fields, um, the last paper I have published uh, by myself was in 2006, but I've had, I've been co-authored on papers that are as recent as 2012. Uh, So um, that is one aspect of my background. The, um, this book that I'm p- putting out is going to be the first documentation of my work uh, in the Wallkill River Valley. And uh, huh, it's going to be interesting to see how it is received because, unlike my web pages, which you, uh, could be reviewed as archives now since they're so old. Um, People, um, you know, don't really know how to uh, access them. Um, uh, they can Google my name and get into some of my, uh, you know, uh, table of contents pages that can take you through it, but they won't have any summary of what really is happening. And people want abstracts and summaries, correct? They want to know what they're uh, going to be reading before they um, start putting effort and time into it. Well, my book is going to resolve that issue. Uh, It's going to uh, state right up front and then in the conclusions what the the results of all of that work. You know, that that, uh, magnetic survey that I did with 1,800 stations took me three years of trekking across, back across fields and roads and streams in that 24-square-mile area, and it represents an enormous amount of work, all... Um, you know, paid for by myself, and um, nobody else has ever done anything like that in order to document uh, underground magnetic activity uh, created by the uh, aliens who are in their underground base. Well, I'd like your input uh, on UFOassociation.org. I had it way back in the day, but I didn't do a lot with it. Uh, because my husband got sick. So for years I've sat on the name and I lost .com. They want thousands for it again. So I'm using ufoassociation.org. But I'd like to list our journalists, scientists, cosmologists, physicists, phenomenologists, and I'm including alienologists, UFO historians, because back when I started with Stan and George uh, Filer, George had his own National UFO Center in his files, and you know Dr. Bruce McAbee has his, and you have yours, and Dr. Bruce McAbee agreed to represent my ACO as Alien Contact Organization and my UFO Association together, but I'm just now starting, and now that Stan has died, I, I've told you I was going to start doing Ace Folk Life like Stan Lee and all the, you know, whether it's myth or history, and get Dave, uh, Dave here to uh, lend some of his expertise as well. So we'll have to have a little committee and a mad grade just to go ahead and get something going to give us the uh, launch and 
uh, his ideas, you know, setting it up. And then I've done a magazine before, and uh, we can do it like an ebook, and we can have one for the Professional Trade Association for entrepreneurs as well. And we'll just have to see in our directory who's who, so to speak, in our UFO Association. But uh, I'd like you to look at ufoassociation.org because everybody, it used to just be you, you either liked UFOs or you didn't. It, you know, it's either Stan or, or MUFON or C-SETI. You know? And so now we've got Alien Contact Org and ACO and UFO Association. But we're running this broadcast communication, and I'm using the acronym regardless of who uses it whichever way including my American Communication Online, but that limits us maybe. I didn't think of that when I chose the name, but it was three good words because uh, in cyberspace and communication, they wanted me to stick to the American continent, North and South America. So that's in our logo. And they wanted me in communications, which I'm doing my best to share with you now, and then online, which means I can sit in the comfort of my home and run my company, even though this – I'm going to learn not to call in on direct. So uh, let me try one more time, Tommy. Tommy, I've been hearing a lot of clutter every time I turned you on. Have you got this headset figured out so you can help well, us no, with I'm a outside. few minutes? I, oh. I just got kind of thrown out of, thrown out of my house. So, uh, no, I'm talking from my cell phone. How'd you get thrown uh, out of your I, house? You mean? Uh, it's a story, but I don't want to bring it on the air. But uh, I just wanted to say I had like three questions and three things I wanted to say. Uh, one to Brad. Uh, about dreaming, first off, lucid dreaming is when you actually can touch your past lives, and they are real. But you need to translate them yourself and make sure that they're real for you. Oh, for right. Dave Emmons? Uh, you mean for Dave Emmons? Oh, for Dave. Dave. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Yes, okay. I believe that. Yes, I believe that, Tommy. You're, you're, you're correct. Okay, I mean, I, I went through multiple physical, in the dream state, in altered state. Uh, and in, and also just past life experience and remembrance. But uh, that's really important because if you translate them, it could help you. But uh, the other thing is I got two things. One for Bruce, and I know you're a scientist and you deal with pretty much a lot of facts. I deal with spirit and, and the inner worlds, and they're so different because as far as time, and I'll ask you this, Bruce, saying something's 20,000 years old, saying something's 30,000 years old, and they can't even prove when the dinosaurs and the humans separated because they didn't. So, I mean, Michael Cremo was a friend of mine, and I saw the artifacts he had. Everything proves everything about history is a lie. So when they say, well, oh, this is this old. Well, Tom, I, I would have to strongly disagree with you based on the uh, – you have never gone through the carbon dating of all of the data. No, forget carbon oh. dating. It only goes back 70,000 years, and that's it. I mean, the stuff ah. that uh, we, I've been dealing with goes back hundreds of millions of years, okay? Wow. Well, how, do you prove that? Based, how do you prove it, Bree? It's based on radiometric uh, decay of, of uh, you know, nucleotides, of radioactive elements. If that's the only way we know that, uh, how to put this into a sequence. Plus, there is superposition and the, um, <clears throat> the time scale, the relative time scale that was generated long before the the numerical time scale came from radiometric okay. dating. Uh, okay, Bruce, if that's uh, true, wait, wait. Just a minute, just a minute. The, the relative time scale is superposition in rock layers of seeing that this 
these sets of fossils came after the fossils that live that uh, can be found in the rocks underneath. And so you then find another area with the, rock, the fossils on top, and then there's another layer on top of that which has different fossils. And so they create a, a sequence through time, and they've been able to uh, flesh out, so to speak, the Phanerozoic, the last 550 million years of time based on numerical dating. For hundreds, more than a couple hundred years, they had no idea how old this stuff was. Okay, all they had all could do is show the sequence in which these events occurred. And uh, as much as I appreciate all the work that Cremo has done, um, he's made some um, you know, errors in, in some of his interpretations uh, based on my understanding of what he's been dealing. Now, I could say that on one hand, but on the other hand, I have seen stuff that indicates in scientific data that the dinosaurs didn't die out at the end of the Cretaceous. Okay? They didn't. Well, that's, that's um, definitely provable. I mean, that's definitely the truth. Well, there, well, but, there, there uh, are Jen- scientists who have g- gathered the fossil evidence and shown that they, they became very uh, small populations around the world that continue to persist, but, uh, and they may even have persisted up uh, to very recent times. And more than likely, just as with the mammoths and mastodons, that uh, the humans are blamed for killing them, which they probably aren't, the the um, uh, stones in South America of, of humans riding dinosaurs, they may have actually existed, you know, uh, within the last 10,000 years. Okay, so okay. Well, we are going into uh, – Tommy, we need to go into quantum superposition, interference, and decoherence, which are words, Tommy, that we're using now in quantum physics. So the quantum theory and the uncertainty principle, we're discussing interference and decoherence these days. But it's just uh, whether you use words to agree or disagree, it doesn't matter because we're all going to try to work as a team, okay? And so we'll have different people speak different words based on their own individual research, right? All right. I understand And so accept each individual as a – Bruce, uh, Dave, get in here because, uh, Dave, as a journalist, we have to stay open-minded when we write. I want everybody to write articles so we can see what you're talking about. So we can do it like white papers, can we not, Dave? Yes, Yes, you can. I I was listening to Bruce and Tommy's exchange there, and it's quite interesting when you, you, I guess, have differences. Uh, A lot of times there's a lot of truths that pop up. On both sides. Both are right. Yeah, right. And I, what I, what I've seen myself. I don't, I don't know about Tommy, but I, I've been looking at archaeology, and and I, I'm not a, I'm not a scientific person as far as that background is concerned. As I'm a journalist, I'm an experiencer, and I keep up with a lot of archaeology and ancient, uh, I guess, past uh, uh, cities and things of that nature, and the Bible and how it relates to history. The Bible is a good history book because they've been finding the towns that they talk about. But as far as the age is concerned about us, we have probably been here for millions of years. Different species of humans probably. Uh, Giants have been here before us. So it it goes back. I have to kind of agree with with several million years back uh, with the dinosaurs, walking with the dinosaurs. That is a strong possibility too. Uh, I, that I've seen and some of the things that I've been 
looking at it and researching on my own. I'm not a, a academic like, like Dr. Bruce is, and Tommy's been in this longer than I have, but I'm looking at it as a, as a I, I guess, as a personal viewpoint, as personal research, and I, actually putting it in investigative journalism type of words. And I try to keep those words short and sweet in journalism. And uh, what I'm seeing is I don't know if Tommy and Bruce can come to a conclusion of how old life really is, but I think it, it goes back millions of years. Yeah, we, I don't think we have to use oh. linear timeline anymore. So no. that's the oh, thing no, we no. can I'm use. Not, yeah. No, no. But, I'm not debating that we're, we're ancient. We have ancient people here. We had races after races. But when the government comes out and says something and tries to prove a specific date, Cremo had a stone with dinosaur bones and human stones in it together. So they actually, the, the human had a killer dinosaur and the boat were taken out by lava. But there's proof of different kinds of history. But I will throw this in. Aliens can go back and forth in time. They're implanting artifacts in time frames to make us believe certain things. Billy Myers went in the cave and pulled out uh, J- Judas's uh, story. Uh, he came out with the Gospel of Judas, which he was found in a cave. And a year later, the real documents were found. So, well, I mean, we know about Billy history, Myers. A lot of people won't, well, Tommy. Yeah, so when you drop a name, be sure we need to uh, say who, what, that, who, what, when, where, why about our sources. So this is something I want to uh, everybody to learn. And Dave uh, uh, and Ahmed, we're going to need to work together as a team because I'm creating community. And I honor you, Tommy, and I honor Bruce. And I always used it, but you guys don't want to hear all about all my spiritual stuff. But you know what I'm saying, Tommy? Namaste. You understand well, that? But when you talk about science, you're talking about facts. I say, let's take the most important artifacts on this planet. Well, we've only the got two tablets. minutes. Wait, wait, two minutes. The Emerald Tablets, the, uh, the Shroud of Turan, uh, uh-huh. the, the Ark of the Covenant, three artifacts right. that prove certain parts of history were so different than reality. The, uh, Tal and the, Shura, uh, the Shroud of Turan, no scientist on this planet could prove anything about it. And the technology they have today, they can't prove when it was created, how it was created. So to say that this dinosaur was created by this is amazing. Yeah. Well, that's everybody. I'd like you. I've got two minutes here roughly, but I'd like everybody to look at YouTube's because all the kids these days, you get them to read anything. It's like, I don't know, except they go to school, hopefully. But uh, let's let's just think that. Hopefully the old timers uh, they may want to get us off the plane and I, oh anyway I won't go there right now but anyway let's uh, I'd like you to look if you don't mind because all of you Dave Ahmed and uh, Bruce and Tommy I respect all of you working with me in our alienology club even though you may not like the word but look at uh, the word zeitgeist which we used to use and now it's up differently with Peter Joseph. And, Tommy, I'd like you to look at that. And, Bruce, you mentioned uh, Bruce Fenton, which I also like his timeline because uh, I had a Ph.D. Dr. Barbara that was working with me, and she used uh, that same timeline with the government before they uh, closed that university uh, project down uh, for that first discovering the uh, humanity so we're rewriting history, folks. I don't know what to say other than pay attention to quantum physics and Tom Campbell and Michio Kaku and Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, 
We'll come back next week and let's see what we can discuss. But look at the site, guys. C E I T G I S T, I hope. Go ahead, Check man. Check out the Venus Project, too. Yes, Venus Project, extremely important, folks. That's for, he says, food, clothing, shelter, warmth, and love. Okay. And Ahmed, do you know his name? I forget it every time. I, do you know I, his I name? I do. I it's a foreign name. <laughs> okay, folks, we're, we've got a lot of things we'd like you to look at what we're looking at together. So come back weekly. Uh, Dave, you're going to hopefully wind okay. up co-hosting this. It seems to be sticking. We're at least showing up, and that's part of it. So showing up, and Bruce, appreciate you coming and helping. And we'll all be here tomorrow night, uh, 7 to 9, right, Ahmed? 7 to 9? Or is that uh, 8 to 10 Eastern? It's 8 to eight, 10 Eastern for 8 you. to 10 Eastern. All right. 8 to 10 Eastern, folks. And then uh, Ahmed's here Sunday, four hours on Revolution Dot Radio on Open Canvas, right, Ahmed? And then Janet does the show. No, Sunday's a mad look at reality, and Monday night's Open Canvas. Okay, a mad look at reality, revolution.radio, and uh, look for that show with a mad. And then uh, we're going to do one here for ACO Sunday evening uh, with Tommy Hogsblood and I guess Bruce Cornett. And Dave, you're welcome to come if you want. But we're going to discuss spirituality if anybody's interested in that. And a mad's been showing up lately too. I think because we can't get on or something. I'm not sure. But he's usually. He already does four hours of his own, tries to get a nap, and then does Janet's two hours in the evening. Don't you, 8 to 10 Eastern, Ahmed? So you've got uh, four hours. you got four hours. Oh, Sunday, yeah. Right? I, do, I do six hours on Sunday. That I produce for Janet 8 to 10 Eastern. 8 to 10. Sunday so and yours is 8 to 12 in the morning, right, Eastern? Uh, 11 to 3 Eastern. Oh, I didn't know you were that close. Oh, my goodness, 11 to 3. Oh, goodness. And so we're sometime, and we haven't got our time down on Sunday, but I think it was convenient for Tommy to do it at noon his time. That's 5 to 7. So we may keep this window, Bruce and Dave, if you want to play along with uh, ufology and alienology, but it's definitely important to look at your consciousness. All right, folks, you did an excellent job. We're going to get there. Uh, this was more people than we normally have. We had the entire crew of Janet and Tommy the last seven years, and then Bruce and Dave are starting together. And, of course, me and Ahmad, so that gives us six people. So thank you, everybody. You did an excellent job. And, Ahmad, we need to start recording these on Skype like uh, – I guess you're going to have to help me figure out. Tommy, you too. So, Bruce, and we'll all figure out how to record these. So, uh, if somebody else goes down, somebody else has a copy. And I just learned that because uh, Brent Luter saved us on one of my shows. i got to go back in and edit. Tommy's helping me learn that on YouTube. All right, folks. This will be on YouTube, so we will set this all up. It'll go over to iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher. So, look for the names or the keywords. Dave. Emmons, Dr. Bruce Cornett, Tommy Hawksblood Sinisi, and Tom Ahmed Becker, and it's Thomas R. Becker going by Mad Painter. And he is our general manager, and he's also helping us get out a, a rag, a magazine with all of us. All right, anything, any last words, everybody? This will go on tape on YouTube. Yeah, I, I have a last word on, the, I guess, what people read nowadays. 
nowadays they they want like you you talked about the younger people uh, not wanting to read too much. Well, to, nowadays they want a short and quick read, and I think a short story like uh, somebody said earlier uh, sells the best on Kindle or Amazon. And when I was going through school in journalism, and we, I was writing for TV news, they told they told us to use fourth grade language, and not to get too big of words in there, uh, so everybody can, <laughs> can grasp it. Yeah, wow, that's fourth grade. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. try to keep it on a high school or below level myself. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that's what we were told to keep the words short and no $5 words or anything like that. But in the scientific community, I know Dr. Bruce has to use those words because that's what he works with. You know, so uh, that's that's what journalism well, is now. Simple. Yeah, that's what, uh, simple. Yeah, right. That's it. All right. Well, I'd like to put you on UFOassociation.org, but I don't know what topic. So everybody go look, UFOassociation.org, not .com, not .net, UFOassociation.org. And the Mad Painter will help me. And so, uh, Bruce, I look forward to you helping me with my advanced communications agency and ACO club and Dave Emmons with journalism and helping us with this new topic of alienology. And everybody just help everybody. Let's keep coming back here until we get all this figured out because there's a lot of haters out there, and we're just going to have to work together. Right. That's all I have to right. do is build a community. So help right. me build a community, everybody, and we'll do the best we can. And I'll pay the bills till I ain't got no none, nothing left to pay. <laughs> all okay. right. Poor Tommy. Tommy, if uh, Tommy got kicked out of his house, so he don't want to discuss that. So uh, Bruce <laughs> and, and Dave, let's let's do our community support team, and you guys get you know get touch with Tommy for me, okay? And I'll be here as a caregiver. So love and light, everybody. Thank okay. you, everybody. Thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. We'll do it again. Bye -bye. See you Sunday. Bye. -bye. Bye.